My little Gomer cup wears the sweetest smile. My little Gomer cup has a really nice dad bod. Does he ever? How's it going, man? Good, good. I am drinking a homebrew provided by two of my favorite listeners. Ooh. So they are a married couple, Kyle and her husband. I forget his name. I'm because uh, is it Evan? I'm a horrible friend. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Sorry. I was, I was like, I knew it was Evan. Then I, I, th- I thought that it was Evan, but then I thought his name had an R in it, and I got really scared. I was like, am I a bad friend? Oh no. So guys, this beer is amazing. So the other day I introduced my daughters to uh, Tupac's Changes and Eminem's Lose Yourself. Like a good like a good dad does. Sorry, I had beer in my mouth. Yeah, it's okay. The, uh, the reason being, my daughter got me a book because I'm obsessed with space. She got me a book on some little creature, children's creature goes to Mars. And the whole book rhymes. And it's like... Blah, 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 rapping to Mars. And I'm like, that's not rapping. And they're like, Daddy, what's rapping? And they thought it meant like wrapping paper. And they didn't understand what that meant. <laughs> You're like, oh, I've been waiting my whole life for this. So I, I crack my knuckles and I say, the 1980s and 90s were a confusing <laughs> time for your suburban young father. <laughs> in, though I might have grown up in the burbs, in my heart was the streets. The streets of the burbs that I would drive to go to Sam Goody in order to purchase my explicit albums from NWA and Dr. Dre and et cetera, et cetera. I was more of a West Coast guy. Do you know what would have been awesome is if like mm. is if uh, I, I, you had just gone, hold on a second, kids. And then you went upstairs, put on your Rock for Life t-shirt, shaved your beard besides everything but the little hair on your chin and, then, chin put, hair, yeah. and then put on your Deftones um, um, knit hat <laughs> and come down like, alright kids. You want to talk about hardcore? Daddy's going to tell you about hardcore. Hit it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Luke, you get me, man. That's what I would have done. But this is this is really funny. So I, I we played Tupac's Changes because it was the one with the least amount of cuss words. I didn't think it had any, but there was one that kind of snuck in there. Oh, that Tupac. He's always good for a curse. <laughs> and how? And then the other one was Eminem's Lose Yourself because I didn't remember if he cussed. So I played what I think is the funniest part of Tupac's Changes. It's where he's having a brief dialogue with a drug dealer and the guy says i made a g today and he says yeah but you made it in a sleazy way selling crack to them kids and then the guy responds i gotta get paid and then tupac responds well hey that's just the way it is you're like oh so we're just we're just settling on these conditions (laughs) selling crack to children okay so i took some time and i explained that a little bit to my my beautiful children, and they had no idea what I was talking about. So I was like, all right, on to white rap. Here's Eminem's Lose Yourself. So then and I explained to work, them the back. Bubba Sparks. <laughs> and if that doesn't work, and it doesn't, Carmen, the Christian singer <laughs> with his one rap song from the 90s. Is it okay if I rap for y'all? I played Lose Yourself because 
I knew it came from a movie soundtrack. You know, everyone, like, you know, you hear the music beginning. Everyone knows that song. But uh, I wanted them to hear him talking about battle rapping and me explaining what that is and being overcome with anxiety and nervousness. Literally, Dave Chappelle. I got to hand it to him. Do you remember the Chappelle Show skit where he makes fun of that song? Uh, I don't. And he just goes, spaghetti, 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 spaghetti. Because <laughs> Eminem <laughs> says, there's vomit on my sweater already, mom's spaghetti. Oh, and yeah, yeah. He, and Dave Chappelle just is like, spaghetti, 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 And our friends, Jonathan Alexander and Michael Blaisdell, they would quote that line all the time back in the day uh especially when i lived with with jonathan and my daughters i'm not kidding we listened to almost the whole song and all they remember is vomit and spaghetti the whole thing dave Chappelle nailed it he's a prophet uh did you hear that uh he got into a couple's engagement picture and apparently they they, they did not even know he was just in the background because they're doing it at a brewery out in the dayton area i believe where the good Dave Chappelle lives. That's so funny. He lives. Wait, where does he live? Yeah, he's he's on it. Well, I mean, so he's in an area called um, I think it's uh, east east of Dayton called um, Yellow Springs. Yeah, pretty much all my friends out in Dayton have a Dave Chappelle story. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Weird, right? I loved the Chappelle show. <sighs> racial gra- <laughs> racial draft is still. I and all the Charlie Murphy stories have still got to be the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. I think the uh, Wayne Brady skit is probably my oh, yeah. favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, Run for your life, it's Wayne Brady. <laughs> Run for your life. <laughs> that's uh, that's a line that's repeated at my at my church offices. <laughs> I always do the part. <laughs> I shouldn't quote this part where he goes, "Does Wayne Brady got a choke of me?" Baby. Oh, oh, Raquel, what's this? Mr. Franklin's lonely. It's, he's, there's only. Sorry, Daddy. What do you mean, sorry? What do you mean, sorry, Daddy? What the hell did you do? Is Wayne Brady gonna have to choke a bitch? <laughs> Try not to be. I'm a, you know what? Wait, come okay. on, man. Come no, 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 on, no, 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 no. I'm gonna get out of this part right man. now. Come on, we please. Please, come on, just, just let us let us slide. You better thank Dave Chappelle. Go ahead. Thank you, Dave, and I like your show. Run, Dave, run for your life, And I'll, I'll like quietly say it to myself for, for like zero reason. There is no c- c- context, and people just go, "What?" I'm like, "Oh, mm, that's awkward." <laughs> Oh, you heard that. You heard me threaten violence to a woman. Uh, sorry about that. Well, I was just I'm reading this email here about how to buy these certain kinds of stamps. <laughs> it is funny how pop culture references come into your head at the weirdest time. <laughs> I know. I oh, I'm man. Gonna, yeah, I think I'm going to, like, as I I'm gonna delete the email, I just go, does Wayne Brady got a choke up? <laughs> Uh, speaking of emails, Luke, we have a new sponsor. Mm, I'm so excited about this about this sponsor. I really am. And I'm so excited because I just beat Super Mario Brothers while you were talking. Look at you. 
All right, Luke, you have 90 seconds on your mark. Get set. Go. All right, guys, so I'm really excited today to talk to you about uh, Kuro. Is that how you... Luke, <laughs> we have a new advertiser. You ready? This isn't take two at all, folks. Not take two at all. This is Kuro. <laughs> Kuro. C-U-R-O. Kuro. Oh. Yeah, it is a... Oh, God, this sucks so much. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, keep this in there. This will make our ads fun. It's us trying to... Pop- I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's us trying it. to do an ad. <laughs> the kids love it. They really do. Okay, so <laughs> I, I. You know what sucks about medical care or medical insurance? Paying for people's abortions in your state. Yeah. That's what really sucks. Doing things that are completely against your conscience. And apparently the conscience is of, you know, 50% of the American public. But because of <laughs> employer or state mandates. Sometimes you pay for things like elective abortions, and you don't want to. No, what? No, boy, no. So there's a group called Samaritan. They did it originally, but uh, and so the Curo came along and partnered with them to create a Catholic community within the Samaritan International model. So what they basically do is you pay basically like members' fees. They call them shares, and these shares, instead of being like your health insurance premiums. You actually send it to people who need it, and you pray for them. It's awesome. And then they receive that money, and they pay their bills. And what Curo does is they uh, help negotiate with the provider a you know cheaper cost on the bills. I'm really intrigued by this, and I hope you all are as well. Go to uh, mycatholichealthcare.org again. That is mycatholichealthcare.org. And what I love about this is it's really beautiful when the community takes care of each other. And I love this. It's such a, such like a beautiful way. Again, that website is mycatholichealthcare.org. Thank you to Kuro for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. How's that? Brutal, but we'll make it work. Ah, it wasn't that bad. Oh, I think it was brutal. You are so you are so negative. I am, I am Luke, and you have to. You're married to me. I don't know how you did it. I know it's right. Love is a so choice. Rough for kids. You. Love is a choice. Love and is a cho- love is a, a, a battlefield. battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. Oh, we are one body. MyCatholicHealthCare.org. Speaking of being one body, CatholicHealthCare.org. <laughs> Speaking of taking care of the of the theology of this body, MyCatholicHealthCare.org. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Mm. So, Luke, what do you want to talk about tonight? Uh, well, you know what? Like, we just, I feel like we've had a lot to talk about these past, oh, let's go, I don't know, five months because of. The Summer of Scandal. Scandal. <laughs> and I want to take a break here. I mean. I do too, but I woke up this morning with a CBS article about some priests in my diocese oh, and my no. archbishop. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what I woke oh. up to. Six o'clock in the morning getting an email. Oh my God, have you seen this? And then we're going to relive this all over again in January because the Texas bishops have resolved to publish every credibly accused person um, to publish all of them, a big list. Now, I want to say just a couple things, and then we can stop. 
Um, yeah, it's fine. It's, a, it's all there is. There is no cake. There are no candles. There's only McGarrick. Go on. <laughs> uh, it's simply this. You can't say when someone brings up allegations of abuse, you have to say something more than, well, those aren't credible. Because no one knows what that means. Because right now, well, those are incredible to most people means, well, screw it. The church doesn't want to look into it or we're protecting that person or whatever. That might not at all mean that, right? Like I, I literally, I trust Cardinal Donardo and you can too. No, I trust it because I like the guy. I don't think he would ever in a million years be like, you know what? I'm going to keep on staff molesters. You know why? Because there's a pre-shortage. Because of the mustaches. <laughs> I don't think he would do that in a heartbeat. However, um, just saying, well, it's not credible, which apparently they caught him in the hallway at the USCCB or whatever it was and, and pumped him with this question. But it, I, can't, I can't keep t- hearing that message. I hear it often. In fact, I actually had a wonderful conversation with a seminarian who was like, I know you hate the word optics, but let's talk about the optics of just saying, well, it's not credible, and then dismissing. You know, he's like, that that never looks good. And I'm like, the fact that a seminarian is saying this makes my heart so happy. That is some of the good to come out of this, is there have been some really good conversations. That's right. That's, oh. <laughs> what a low bar, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. You know what's great after massive uh, amounts of sexual abuse of minors <laughs> and adults in vulnerable situations? Oh, no. I've had a good conversation. <laughs> but, you know, like so often... Um, Oh, we are broken. Uh, so I mean, so often uh, in our past, this has been swept under the rug. So let me defend your statement as saying the the disinfectant of the yes, light of day. Yeah. What's good about this is that we are having these types of conversations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure that's what you meant to say. That's yeah, what you meant to what say. What I meant to say. That's what my <laughs> intention was. My intention. <laughs> my intention. It's just going to keep happening. Like, you're... Your diocese, there hasn't really been anything in my diocese. Oh, which, which, probably because no, you're there. No, yeah, not in the slightest. Um, I do know that in our diocese, we did a, our Archbishop in 2002, Archbishop Pilarchik, did a very good job of, like, like he looked inwards. And he made the whole diocese, like, he, he pled no contest in 2002 on behalf of the Archdiocese. I don't know... Or just himself. I, I, I need to be clear here because someone will freak out. Probably bureaucracy. They were, from what I can tell, they were very proactive. So again, like we we're the only, we we're one of the only dioceses. I don't know. Sorry, but I mean, I, I thought every diocese had, like, had a space, had a place on their on their website to list all the priests that had credible accusations. I found out we were one of the few. Um. They really like went out of their way to really clean house, and they had a lot of things that people said they um, wanted to have. For example, any time that we get an accusation, we tell them to go straight to the cop. We don't hand, try to handle it in house first. We we tell them right now the first thing you need to do is call the police, um, and then we get involved after that. Um, so we haven't had anything happen since two, I think we've had two accusations since two thousand two. Uh, two credible ones and um but I, i'm hearing of things coming up all over the country and it's just gonna get worse man i i think people d- do not understand 
how destroyed the Catholic Church is by this. I think people are still in la-la land. Yeah. It does really bother me when I see people. I I feel like for the most part, for a lot of people, it's been business as as like usual. With this. Well, it's like hurricane season. They're just kind of weather the storm. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I didn't do this. I don't condone this. This is horrific. This never should have happened. But, you know, the church is still the church. We're not going to change well, uh, our, who the, what the gospel is. And it, it goes back to this one thing that, like, this is probably what bothers me the most is when you have people go, oh, well, this happened. You know, we haven't had any big stuff happen since 2002. It's all stuff in the past. It's just, yeah. like, like, media. And what bothers me is, again, this is why I got so sick to my stomach and why I lost my shit three times when I read that and when i watched and when i watched spotlight was the culture that allowed that the same attitudes like that still exist yeah and it manifests itself in other ways now it doesn't when it comes to priest abusing kids but it absolutely does when it comes to priests who are you know heterodox slash heretical uh the bureaucracy the um you know hot the hoss the you know outright hostility that some people who are trying to be practicing catholics experience with from their own church from their pastors from the theologians mm-hmm. from from even their the, bishops yeah they're i mean I, I mean and like let me how the fuck did we get to a point to where three-fourths of our catholic schools are utter garbage yeah so I want to bring up something that you brought up in the past. Do you remember when we were talking about Michael Voris? Always. And we had, <laughs> I always remember talking about it. And you had said, uh, and I brought up the thing that Michael Voris would say, like, why is it that you're ostracizing me who's not contradicting the church's teaching? And that you have all these ultra-liberal groups who are totally engaging in, like, liturgical error and theological and moral error i mean and they're actively publicly doing that Mm -hmm. and you're not silencing them remember remember that discussion that we had i think so yeah yeah. and you had said why is it that people are more inclined to reject him than reject the liberalizing mindset and i said at the time i feel like it's because it's the self-righteousness is more repugnant than unrighteousness like, uh, like you're just unru- like we can kind of bracket Uh-oh. you off and be like, screw mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, that's a good point, but it it really didn't feel like it answered it for me. When we were talking about, uh, was it last week or two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, the perversion of the gospel for the sake of evangelization, right? Mm. That I feel like it might be a, like a little insight. Like Michael Voris is definitely the world is going to hell in a handbasket kind of guy, right? And so his view of church is often, number one, it's kind of using uh, Cardinal Avery Dulles' types of the church. He definitely has an institutional version vision of the church, right? Not really missionary and any of that stuff. But I will say that his view is this Christ is against culture in all ways. And so he, I think he would even say this, like, the world is filled with sin and rot and we need to build it, whether it's a, you know, we need to build the fortress church. We need to build up Catholic culture, you know, whatever it is. 
we get this feeling that it's a sequestered Christianity. And I feel like maybe that's why we give liberals a break uh, and we give ultra conservatives no break is that maybe we think, well, at least they're trying to appeal to the culture. Like maybe it, like it kind of has this missionary fake out to it where it's like, well, at least they're trying to do something with the culture. You're just walling yourself off. And especially since Vatican II, that has been like the number one mortal sin, you know, kind of thing of like, stay away from people who would close up the culture or close mm-hmm. up the church to the culture and mm-hmm. open the windows, let the world in. And uh, for me, I really do feel like that's where I felt like that last episode or two episodes ago, kind of talking through this, that really might be the source of some of our angst. It's like those of us who actually give a shit about the church but who are more evangelically inclined, uh, missionaries, you know, uh, youth ministers and all that stuff, mm-hmm. we tend to be more evangelical than catechetical. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea is this guy's just being like, no, think this way or get the hell out. And everyone else is like, okay, well, we're, we're going to work with you. We're going to accompany you. We're going to accommodate you. We're going to, you know. And I think that that's why that might be one reason why. Like people who bastardize the liturgy, the reason why they bastardize it, at least in some ways, is like to make it more approachable and more hashtag relevant to their lives. Yeah, yeah. But they're still corrupting the liturgy. And so people that want to build up the and return to the traditional liturgy, they just seem like they are kind of stopping the those efforts instead of mm-hmm. coming up with their own, you know? So is that what you're... Uh, you kind of lost me a little bit in there, like... What does that have to do? Like, I, I think I know what you're getting at, but like, what does that have to do with what we were talking about earlier? Because, because I mean, I, I so actually, let me try and ask you if like I think I know what you mean. Well, what you said about the like, how did we get here? Where it's not even like Catholic schools suck and everything sucks, and it's like we're willing to allow liberal catholics and i use that term loosely modernizing catholics whatever you want to use yeah accommodating catholics we're willing to allow them more freedom than we are conservative catholics yeah and so as they enter into our diocese and you know as they strip the bible of Mm -hmm. its infallibility and inerrancy Mm -hmm. through like when i went to a catholic school i guarantee you i mean we bishop kelly catholic high school i can say this because i was a witness to it taught moral theological and you know and liturgical abuses but just taught straight up heresy it did yeah no no one can say anything different i was there i heard it i witnessed it uh you know whatever like this one guy basically said he was the bible one teacher and he basically said there was a project every year write your own book of genesis because your own creation story because this creation story is quote just a myth a made-up tale and so it's an if you were to make up one it's no different than uh than the bible the biblical one yeah right no different inerrancy infallibility inspiration none of that matters it's just a bunch of made-up stories from some pre-scientific idiots it's like this is how they inculcate heretical thinking Mm -hmm. right well, and, and talking about oh sorry no, 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 I've been no. talking too much sorry I just want to add like that and that like what that does is like it pulls us away from Christ and His Church yeah like but then at the same time you can hear the fundamentalist Christian who says 
you know, if you don't believe that Genesis 1 and 2 are literal 6,000 year yeah, ago yeah, yeah. events, then, like, I mean, I've heard them say this. Like, I then do. you believe in a different Bible. You believe in a different God. I, I've had Catholics right? tell me this. Yeah. Right, right, right. I mean, the Colby Institute or whatever is online is a anti-evolution thing. I mean, G.K. Chesterton didn't believe in evolution. Um, you follow the arguments from everlasting man. You just hear all this stuff, and it's like, how did it, it get here? And I think it got here because, you know, in Vatican II, we were, number one, very optimistic about church. I mean, you could hear Pope uh, Benedict talking about the optimism of the Parides, the, those um, theologians who advised the bishops. Like, everyone was so optimistic in the 60s. And they were just ready for these changes in the church to... They hadn't gone through the 90s yet. <laughs> <laughs> but they were really, I mean, they were ready for the changes into church, in the church to bring in the world back home to the church. Like, they really thought that. Like, hey, the church has answers, oh, world, that you're looking for. Here, we're going we're gonna to be more, we're going to enter into mm -hmm. dialogue, and we're going to open mm -hmm. up the windows of the church. And the world is like, who are you again? Yeah. What? And so, that, I mean, honestly, the, one of the most important things I've ever read about Vatican II as a post kind of respectful thing, because I love Vatican II, all the documents, I love them. But they said they were so concerned about, you know, raising the bastions, famous name of a book from, from uh, Hans Urs von Balthasar, right? The idea of destroying the walls around, the siege walls around the church. But it didn't lead to a missionary spirit. It led to the church being colonized by the world. Well, and I think that's ultimately because she had already forgotten Christ by that point in time. Yeah, but if you, I mean, like Cardinal Ratzinger hadn't. Yeah, right? but I mean, Carol like, but like those hadn't. guys, but like those guys went from being the guys that were on the left to the guys that were like on the right after like Vatican II. Yeah, like, but those guys didn't. Those guys didn't change. I mean, I I don't know enough about the stuff to speak authoritatively about it, but I I think like you don't see it. You don't see it. Okay, I'm gonna take a big leap here. So if I'm wrong. Everyone, feel free to correct <laughs> me. From like little like Balthasar that I have read, I don't see too big of a change in his tone or in like his faith that you know he witnesses to from pre-Vatican II to the eighties. Okay, so I I think I I think like it's something happened. Yeah, I don't know what. But, like, something happened, and I think that what we're experiencing right now with all these priest scandals and this issues of why are, you know, again, the bulk of our Catholic schools not Catholic, I don't think one caused the other. I think they're both, they're both uh, the symptom of something. What the something is, I don't know. When you look at like a guy like Jasani, the guy who started communion and like liberation, I think he would say that it's because the church abandoned Christ. Right. Now, when did that happen? How did that happen? I, I don't know. But I, I think that's kind of what it ultimately comes down to. And I think you have the traditionalist saying, well, it was at Vatican II or because of vatican ii the problem of vatican ii being a pastoral council well we've never had a pastoral council but the whole idea was hey guys you know how for the last um 1930 years we've been laboring post-resurrection to convert you know the world and we converted all of europe and 
Turns out Europe left the church, and we just we literally just found out in the twenties and thirties that no one was going to mass in France anymore and stuff like that. Like these, there was like some famous French religious report. I can't remember the name, but that started this a lot of these thoughts about like, oh my gosh, we've abandoned the world. Not meaning the world in terms of like just the generic like you know the world of flesh and the devil, but like mm-hmm. the world is in that place where the drama of Christ's redemption occurs. Yeah. And that place where the people that God loves still live, we've abandoned them for our own little, you know, whatever. But what ends up happening after Vatican II, and I tell this to people all the time, it was a council of reform in an age of revolution. So it was bound to totally get distorted and co-opt and all that stuff. But it became this like false version of itself. Do you think? And I mean, yeah. I, I don't. Okay, so I I know, I know Dick about Vatican II. I'll be real honest here. Like I know <laughs> the like lame. Like I know. So says Cardinal McCarrick. Yeah, I know Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep that in there. Um, I will. The summer of scandal. <laughs> scandal. I do not like that man. I will keep saying things like <laughs> Seriously. that. Seriously. He has I, uh, ruined everything about my life so, right now. But he, I mean, like, he is, no, he's, like, but he is the, like, if you want to point to everything wrong with the, with the American church, the last half, like, half a century, you point to him. I think he's, he embodies all of it. Um, He's a, I mean, he's so fake. Like, yeah. he plays the pious man when JP2 and Benedict were there. And all of a sudden, it's like this total shift. Yeah, but oh, okay. so I, I just like okay. So I, I, I had a priest who's, who's actually a big fan of the podcast. So hi, Father. Um, I don't want to say his name because I don't know if he like if yeah. he wants this to be like public or not. But you know who you are. Um, who told me that really, if you like, if you take a step back and if uh, you look like Vatican II as a, as as a whole, it's going to take us one hundred years to get to where. It was trying to go, and this mm-hmm. is just the um, growing pains, kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of how like have you guys ever like had a thing where you're trying to improve, and the thing you're trying to improve actually like gets worse at first. Yeah. Same yeah. thing, same kind of idea. Yeah. And I, so I'm, I'm you not, mean like my jump shot? Exactly. <laughs> Fade away, <laughs> Kenny Hardaway. <laughs> um, I don't know anything about uh, basketball because I never really played. Um, but when it, this I, all comes guess, from you saying I don't know Dick about Vatican II. <laughs> I, I I just remembered the saying that right. launched us off into McCarrick land. <laughs> so much good stuff. Um, I I just I I'm not convinced that that like again like 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 even like Vatican II, I is everything that happened afterwards, especially especially the first twenty thirty years. Right after, right after I'm back into, is that is that not a symptom as well? So again, not the council, but the response to the council. Yeah, the whole so-called scandal of Vatican II. Yeah, the and you know, so like that, the scandal that like like why like how do you? I mean, how do you? You can't tell me that the church went from being in like pre like Vatican II to being this like holy good th- i mean of course of course the church is like holy and good but i mean like that like from that, like everything was like okay 
at least within people who were still in the church. And then 20 years later, you have the Land of Lakes Agreement. You know, like, and how tell the people get... what that is for those okay. who don't know what the Land of Lakes Agreement is. So that's when all of the Catholic, not all, but a bunch of the Catholic colleges here in the States, including McCarrick, who was in charge of a college in Puerto Rico, I think, or something. Uh, this includes like this includes Notre Dame. I forget who else, but they all really came together and said the church cannot criticize our people who teach like theology here. The ideal was if you had like a priest or someone who like wrote like a who like like wrote some article for them, and the church said we don't we don't uh, we don't um, like that we're. we're we're gonna we're we're going to like punish you or we're going to try to sanction you. They couldn't do that, and the result was you had basically kind of split the teaching of like religion at these Catholic schools, pulled them away from the life of the, the church, and it started to become. And so, like the idea, I think, was kind of good because you had a thing where. If you like had a priest, or you like had a religious, or or, or or you had a person who like wrote an article that people in the church didn't agree with, they had the power to really damage that person. And so, part of their like over like reasoning was, we don't want that to happen anymore. So we're not going to. We think we shouldn't be held to your standard. Okay, so they essentially disconnected the academic community itself from authority of whatever kind, whether it's yes. lay or clerical. Yes. And so they handed the board from of Catholic colleges legally to independent boards of trustees. That way they could get secular prestige and government funding. This could be an unintended consequence or it could be what like what they wanted was then people at these Catholic schools could then teach heresy and heterodoxy yeah yeah and 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 why did they do that because they wanted to accommodate the the catholic higher education model which was the greatest in the world to these elite worldly institutions yeah, that was the whole goal more like research was, based huh to become more to become like more like, to be able to do like proper like research in their yeah right? and so what yeah. you end up having is this epic moment of the church saying, listen, we're not going to stop being Catholic, but, or not the church, but these colleges, but, and it turns out when you send your kids to those schools, they don't come out Catholic anymore. And it's not just like, it's not um, the theology department, but it was things like ethics and biology, chemistry, like things where you could, you know, start getting into like areas where especially and this all came about because of like humanity vitae yeah so or it was you know kind of a response to that so because now like what if you want to do uh, 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 like research on birth control well you have to have a group like taking the pill and if you are a you have to have some control group that's going to like take the pill and if the church says that that's wrong, you can't do that kind of research here. Yeah. Interesting thing was none of the people that assigned the original, that signed the original agreement were large research universities. But just what you said, that's what was some of the underlying factors. So maybe they wanted to be, but they certainly were not at the time. 
which is so bizarre. And if you like come down to it, it's that in a, like a weird way, it's that split between grace and nature of just we're gonna be the, our own isolated thing where we're gonna basically treat like religion as this idea that we're tr- that we're like you know tr- trying to like wrestle with, as opposed to a uh, as opposed to this like lived reality that we all are we all are a part of. Did, did I explain that well? I think so. I love you. The booze was really getting to my head, so I was like, Ugh. "Can we take a little break? Can we pause for the cause and come back?" Yeah. You know what's really cool, Luke? Can we talk about something really cool? Yeah, let's do it. Our friends at Eden Invitation are doing a retreat. Oh, good for them! They're offering a retreat in February it's for anyone in the LGBTQ paradigm who are looking uh, to encounter Christ and grow in their relationship with Christ in the Catholic Church. Uh, it's outside of Atlanta. It's in February. I'm just mentioning it because I love those people. So. I do too. They're they are some of my favorite people to ever exist. Yeah. So if that sounds like you, go to Eden Invitation, uh, their website, and sign up for when they notify you about the when the retreat goes live, when the signups. So registrations haven't happened yet. They're going to happen soon, and a lot of people uh, have been asking for that information. So if any of our listeners or friends of our listeners are in that community. Catholic retreat coming up. It's going to be awesome. I love them. Love them. Love, love, love. So, Luke, what are you, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Today is the day before Thanksgiving. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? This is what I wanted to talk about. Instead, we <laughs> thanks, McCarrick. We... Um, <laughs> instead, we ended up we end with the Land of Lake statement. Um, so we're <laughs> we're going to take it easy. Uh, Aaron and I are going to. Ha- We've had a really really crazy last couple of months. Yeah, you had six events in the last five days. Yeah, what did dude, you do? It was nuts. So now, like, when I say events. Half work, half social. Yeah. So um, on, like, Friday night, Uncle Wade, he was in town. That's Aunt Dee's husband. Had a great time with him. Then I had a good buddy. I'm sure he bought all the drinks. Am I right? <laughs> no. But we did. We ate and drank a lot. It was great. Um, and then I had a really good buddy of mine threw a party for my job to help, like, raise money. That was awesome. Had a great time with all the awesome people that are a part of that. Hi, everybody. Did you, and did then, you raise money? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was out to like 2.30. It was crazy. Uh, you you had texted me at like 3 at night or something, and you were like, just got back from this thing. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm, going, I'm waking up in two hours. Leave me alone, leave me alone Luke. Leave, like, leave me alone. I'm what, a grown man. That's what you get for not putting your phone on. Do not, Do not disturb when your friends with us with the Lukester. Uh, and then the next night we had a fundraiser for a we had an appreciation dinner for work. Then the next day, Emily and my niece were in town, and 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 Emily's friend Amy and her daughter. So that was awesome. So we all like hung out. We hung out again the next night. And then we had we had we uh, had people over. And then Tuesday night, uh, we had some good friends in town, so we went and saw them. And so it was just like every night we had a really big thing. And I'm like, I I need to do laundry. <laughs> I'm so busy. I need some. I need ordinary time. <laughs> yeah. So it's just. I mean, again, like um, half for work, half for fun. It was great. It was awesome um but kind of I, all i did was mc a concert on monday for an ecumenical thing a baptist church a charismatic non-denom uh 
a Catholic church, a cowboy church, which is a thing, and uh, one other church, a West, West Baptist church. No, not West Baptist. Uh, yeah, just a Baptist church. So we all, a Lutheran church. We all came together. Lutheran. And, and we were all united around our love of Matt Marr. And I was the MC, and I introduced him with little known facts about Matt Marr. And I just made a bunch of stuff up. I said uh, that Matt Marr loves German death metal. <laughs> uh, and that we first met, he was wearing a Notre Dame cheerleading outfit 15 years ago. Yeah. So he's going to come on the show. Hooray. Very excited about that. Uh, yes. I know. I'm actually very, very pumped about that. That's uh, all I've done. That and just normal working hours. I'm like not. We had a half day today that like half the staff took off, and the other half's like, "I'm milking it for December. No work December." <laughs> all of us who've worked <laughs> in the diocese for ten years or more, we get like thirty days or twenty days off, mm-hmm. and so we're all, we're all just like, "Denver is no work month. Denver is no work month. <laughs> the most amount of paid days off plus vacation." That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so we're going to just kind of hang out tomorrow for a bit. Just chill. We bought a whole bunch of food. We're just going to hang out. We're going to watch. It kind of started. So tonight. first, who is coming over? So Christina is going to come over tomorrow. That is my sister who doesn't listen, so whatever. Um, and then that's kind of it. I'm really excited about it because it's been really, I mean, even before this, just the past five days, it's been a really crazy uh couple of months so i'm really it, it feels like our first chance to just kind of like breathe for a bit and then december's crazy for me so hmm so okay now for us we're hosting and my parents live here my brother chris lives here so he's coming over um my cousin his wife and three kids lives here so they're all coming over and we invited a family a new family uh, or new to our like circle of friends, we invited them over. Um, I don't know if they if they're gonna be here or they're gonna hightail it out. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna have a decent house. You know, I got four kids, so that's that's a lot of people, right? Yeah. And um, we're gonna we're gonna do the meal here at five. We usually have people like come over at one and we eat around three. Not this year. Not this year, Luke. You want to know why? Because people get to why? sleep in. People get to sleep. I haven't had a day off in forever, so people get to sleep in. My mom doesn't have to cook the turkey. She's bringing the turkey. She didn't have to start the bird until, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning instead of 3 o'clock in the morning. Ooh. My mom does that every year. She sets an alarm to put the oven in put or put the turkey in the oven, put the oven in the turkey. It's very confusing. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. to do all the stuff, you know, she, yeah. So uh, I'm happy that I still get to eat my mom's thanksgiving food even though it's going to be at my house win 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 mm. that's awesome uh yeah i'm excited get, uh to be honest we're going to do a ton of laundry this i think oh, like oh, uh over the weekend we're going to give away like half of our clothes we're going to wash all of our like all of it and then just give away a, a whole bunch of clothes and then, uh, when are you doing that? Uh, probably over the Friday. weekend. Weekend. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I really screwed that up. I'm sorry. I suck. I'm dead inside. Yep. Um. Okay. So let's let's do like let's just 
be even like more basic. Um, what are you thankful for in terms of like the podcast? Oh man, this is cool. Okay. What am I thankful for in terms of the podcast? Numero one. I am thankful for people who have reached out to us in the last, you know, two months saying that mm-hmm. our podcast priests included have said that this has helped them through the crisis. Diocesan employees, ordinary lay people and priests mm-hmm. have said this podcast into that. has right. I mean, you're, you're reading the same things I am that they are saying like this gave them their voice. Like, yes, people are thinking about this the same way I am. So uh, to all of you, who think exactly like me, I'm thankful for you. Mechanic. Yeah. Mechanic. Mechanic. Boo. In a weird way, he's going to unite us all. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, um, I'm going to say I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And if we haven't gone back to you, but anything, I apologize. We've gotten a lot of emails and a lot of messages and, a lot of text messages. I'm, I'm getting about like one to two text messages a day from people who listen. I'm really grateful for the Patreon page. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that we've decided to just put more effort into that. That's been incredible. Have not been able to be there as much this past week as I, as, as I would have liked. But the messages, especially one, we got a message on here. And this is why I love Patreon. This is not a pitch. Okay, so I'm not going to say what our um, Patreon page is, but... I just think this is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys. I just became a patron of Catching Foxes after having been pretty a pretty steady listener for over a year now. I have to admit, at first you scared me, especially Gomer, but in a good way, sort of like scared straight. Your most recent podcast hit home with me in a way that made me feel truly on board with what you are doing and how you are doing it. Not that I'm a pillar of piety. I'm actually far from it. Uh, I'm a 35-year-old woman, uh, location deleted, baptized into the Catholic Church at infancy and confirmed. I went to church, or my family went to church occasionally throughout my childhood, but as I grew up, I drifted, and no one in my family was committed enough to put their faith, uh, in their faith to pull me back. I never felt an attraction to either, either sex, but in high school, public, I was disgusted by the way boys at school treated me and other girls like objects to be taken, used. After witnessing a friend get sexually assaulted in public at age 14, it reaffirmed this aversion I had to men. I was confused and thus in college when I was informed, uh, when I formed a closer relationship with another woman, I thought maybe I was gay or bi. At this time, I was chasing down the mystery without having any idea of what the mystery actually was. I studied philosophy and anthropology in college, yet never returned to my roots and had no exposure to the likes of Ratzinger, John Paul II, uh, Peeper, Balthazar, etc. My professors did a pretty good job turning me against the patriarchy. When I was 23 and living in another place, studying to be an acupuncturist, I love this, an acupuncturist, of course, (laughs) (laughs) I met a Brazilian woman and we formed an instant friendship and bond. Three months later, I was diagnosed with stage four undifferentiated pleomorphic sarcoma. Ugh. From the ages of 23 to 30, I underwent many surgeries, chemo, radiation, and several times of that was at death's door. Towards the end, when I thought it was the end, I started feeling that tug back towards Christ. It wasn't until my partner, she and I were married in 2013, 
uh, she put that in quotes, gave birth to her biological daughter and my adopted daughter in 2016 that it truly hit me. Since her birth, I have been celibate and know in my heart that man and woman are meant to be together, that there can be no such thing as gay marriage, that in my relationship with my partner, I have perhaps given my family the rationale that they sought to be soft in their morality because they love me and were afraid for my life. They accepted my decision to live outside of the church's teaching. So that she's referencing two episodes ago about compromising the gospel. I felt a huge weight on my shoulders as though in my past decisions, I've contributed to the culture we see today where the family is in decline. I want to be a true witness to Christ, but I'm afraid of what that means. For the past year, I have been reading Jasani as well as getting familiar, familiar with CL and a SOC in, yeah, I'm just going to leave the location. Yeah, redacted. Yeah. Through this, I was introduced to a retired priest who has worked with courage, and we've been meeting weekly for a few months now. I'm doing the best I can, but aside from this priest, feel as though I have no one to talk to. You guys provide the healthy dose of reality and humor and reaffirm me and my will to be one in the body of Christ. I appreciate who you are, what you do, and how you do it. Thank you. Now, when I got this message, I copied and pasted what she wrote into my notes app, you know, and removing her name, and I held it out to my wife. And I said, honey, will you read this real quick? And she read it, and as she's reading it, just tears are falling all over my phone. And she's like, Mike, this is so beautiful. And I was like, do you see why catching foxes matters and why maybe you should be a listener, Shannon? No. I. Uh, <laughs> it, and she gave us permission to share this. Um, and uh, so thank you very much for letting us do this. But the the whole notion of reading this, that there are people who say, well, I think her story is rather exceptional and beautiful. There are people who have said things like, I am the only one who believes, and I'm, I don't want to be a weirdo <laughs> with my friends, and it's this show. So uh, that you know, keeps me sane and keeps me connected to the Catholic faith. So thank you. I am thankful yeah. for this woman for having the courage to write thank in and, and kind of explain this. I'm thankful that she's a Patreon supporter too because having people like her in our corner, uh, you know that uh, the call to holiness is not going to be diluted. So thank yeah. you. Well, and, and and I don't bring this up because of um, the page or like being like, hey, like I, I I'm I'm this is this really is not me being able to say, look at how great we are, but I I, I read that and I think back to where like right before, so we're at the four year mark right now of when I first pitched you the idea mm-hmm. for what like this was going to become. Like not it was not like a well thought out idea it was more of a hey i think i have an idea for a podcast let's talk about this Mm -hmm. and it came from a place of i felt like the conversations that i um wanted to have or that like i wanted to hear weren't happening Mm -hmm. and i'm really grateful that we found an audience because it tells me that I wasn't right. It tells me that I was right, but it like that I wasn't alone in that, <laughs> right. you know? And that like, that like, that was real. Like what was like, I don't know if it came from God. I don't know if it came from like me or if it was both or like whatever. Um, I, I, I just feel like God's doing a thing with this. And 
I'm so, so grateful for this and that we have found a community who goes, I, I agree with what you guys are like saying. I think it's so important that we're going to get behind you guys. So you, so you can, so you can keep doing this, you know, because I think um, there are plenty of times when we've just been like, Oh man, I'm tired. You're tired. Yeah, man, I'm tired. You know, and just like, and you feel like you don't have anything to give because your heart's broken or you've just, you know, you've had like five events in the past week or, you, you know, like you have to travel across, across the country or you have to travel like five in the morning the next day. We're just, too, and I'm, I'm glad that we have people who have invested so much in what we're doing and in, and in this because it's like, it's like help me like double down on like what we're doing, and it's just been really cool to be a part of that. The yeah. fact, and I think like like if I look at like 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 what we do, and what I and like what is really going on with with like, and I think this is like happening within the church as a whole right now, and I think our podcast is a small part of that. I think pints, I think pints with Aquinas is as well. All the like all the, like my frad's doing, unlike all the podcasts out there for the most part is that gap that like like that like rift between between grace and nature that is so prevalent within our culture we're saying we can't stand that anymore we have to close this we have to figure out what this looks like in real life and I thought I was losing my mind four years ago. I feel like I was the only one who felt that. And to see where 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 like this is right now, I am so grateful for that. And, and, and I think uh, her, her, I almost said I almost said her name. Um, um, <laughs> her message that we got is just it's, it's like a, it's just a great. Yeah. It's for me. It's a great like, reminder of that. So okay, sorry. Yeah. So oh, what man. I want to say, what I'm thankful for is. The amazing new podcasts that are launching out in the Catholic world, in the mm. regular world. <laughs> no, I'm I think it's so cool. I, like I'm we had, kidding. we I'm had. Just uh, well, one of the things is I sent you a text message because I came into. I must have missed her earlier message. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, "Who is this woman?" And I think what she wrote is great. I think I wrote one thing. Uh, early on july 11th i wrote the crunch is for losers um, yeah, and then sure in october she, yeah and then october she wrote to us you responded and then she responded um almost a month later and she's saying hey we're we're launching a podcast and but it's amazing how so many of these podcasts are they are filling a niche right so she's yep. basically saying i loved listening to that short part that we had in our last segment or last show that short segment about what makes a good podcast she she was struck by it and she's like i think that's great i think we can have a um you know um we can fulfill a niche and then i had a guy uh if you go to a wisefoolsmedia.com uh a dude hit me up just to kind of publish uh publish i publicize i can't speak right now uh his show called that uh that guy show and it's two Catholic youth ministers who are doing this. And their whole goal is just to have conversations that men, any men, 
can listen to and say, like, hey, yeah, let's talk about, you know, X, Y, and Z and whatever it is, things that are just relatable but for men, right? So this is the thing that I feel like we were missing, like our culture is missing. It's like, here's a bunch of Catholics who want to talk about Catholic doctrine. It's like, that is important, and we need to do it. And we need to have a thousand pints with Aquinas type stuff out there. But at the same time, we also need to have, and Matt Frad does this obviously with Pints of Aquinas where he weaves in life and all that stuff. But we need to have those who have these, you know, quote unquote, lifestyle podcasts, you know, mm-hmm. all of these things. And um, uh, so it's great that, you know, it's not just the Catholic feminists um, and other wonderful, you know, abiding together and uh, among the lilies, Cameron Frad and all these different things. But you're also hearing, I got this guy who said, hey, I have this thing called classical theism. It's a podcast, classicaltheism.com, and it's he basically left, or he wasn't Catholic, and he came back. He's a science and math teacher. Like, it's not, like, he doesn't have a theology background. It's all on the side, but it so struck him about the church's um, philosophy, so struck him that he's like, people need to know about this. So he's using it almost like a, a hobby-slash-teaching vehicle where it's very oh, nice. systematic. Yeah, it's very so I started listening to one of the episodes and I liked it. So he just studies philosophy and religion on the side, but um it was college that kind of pulled him into that rational side of Christian belief. And it's just cool. Like stuff like this where you have very mm-hmm. like very specific stuff. So um Christina who emailed uh Luke and stuff, like I am so excited for all these podcasts. Now, listen, people, literally Literally, since I mentioned that I listened to Lord of the Rings, I have received, I wouldn't say less than 20 people telling me, you have to listen to my podcast on Tolkien (laughs) or on the Lord of the Rings. And I'm going to tell you, people, I've been trying to listen to them. And they are, there is a lot of them and they are great. So thank you for that. T with Tolkien, uh, she's great. She has a devotional to Middle Earth and back again. I'm, I want to have her on for a B-Sides episode and just interview her about, like, how do you have a devotional about Tolkien stuff? And Ooh, so she's going to send me a copy. But it's all this stuff that's out there, and these are people who are creative. What's that? Oh, sorry. I was just trying to add stuff. I was saying I want a copy. Yeah, no. Uh, I'll send you mine when I'm done marking it up. <laughs> but so <laughs> if you hand have hand. an idea for a podcast, we actually created a page um, let me pull it up real quick. Catching Foxes uh, .fm. If you go there, Catching Foxes .fm, and you click our blog, which is slash articles. I don't know why I did that, but um, we talk about our gear and our hosting platform, just so you can see what we do and why we do it, like our setup, so that you can do the same thing. A lot of people say, I mean, we get emails all the time. Hey, how do I how do I do my yeah, own podcast? Do. Yeah. And it's like, here, here, we create, we, uh, this isn't me not answering your email. This is me getting so many of the same question that we went out of our way to create this page for you so that you can have this one landing page. You go to catchingfoxes.fm slash articles. And yeah, um, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm especially excited about, and I know I kind of like have like a reputation of the guy who hates other podcasts, which isn't true, but it is, uh, <laughs> I am excited to see podcasts that are doing a thing that no one else is doing. You know, like I love Tony's podcast. Uh, the the Threshold podcast. podcast is so good. So good. Yeah, he had, it is um, so good. He had like Science Mike on. I was like, that's a good get, man. Um, no I, kidding. Like that's a big deal. That's a really big deal, guys. Uh, 
you know, and I'm he's just, at what the the liturgist podcast, right? Yeah, yep, yep. So it's yeah, it's uh, he does it with with Gunger and, and Gunger. Yeah, part of the whole deconstructionist now like atheist movement. Ugh, so painful. Drink. This is why Solo Scriptor doesn't work. Now the guy who wrote the song that was a big part of my wedding is now an atheist. Oh God! Um, what song is that? Uh, I think Aaron walked. No, it was when like all of the groomsmen like so when like you walked down the aisle. Uh, we uh had we um had Will doing beautiful things. Oh, I thought it was uh, Sabotage by Beastie Boys. I would. I love. I love that song. <laughs> Listen, oh. no, y'all, this is sabotage. Man, I love the Beastie Boys. That's like the song I want to do karaoke to, but you can't do it on, like, you can't do it, I, I like, with, a, like, a bit of irony, and it just comes across yeah. as, like, sad, because it's you can't do it as good as them. It's just no. too good. Hey, can I ask you a question about other podcasts? Yeah, sure. Did Were you and Aaron on a podcast together? Yeah, we were on, oh, yeah, yeah, we were on that. Were you on Holy on Matrimony? Couples. Yeah, 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 by our friends, that Catholic couple it was great yeah yeah that's all and they're also using the same podcast host that we are i love that we've um, got everyone on to fireside.fm we should interview dan benjamin for i already a, talked to him it, wait you didn't win uh when we first signed up and i said one when can we do affiliates two when can we do a network and three when can i have you on my show to talk about fireside <laughs> did he ever get back to you uh, he said he would love to do it, but you know, where, uh, where, what, what episode are you on? Uh, I think we're one of the, fir- I think we're like the first one. Cause like when we did it, it was for their Patreon page and it was like a pilot episode. Oh yeah. Here we go. Oh, what? That is my favorite picture of you two from your wedding. So if you go to T C C H M, so that's the Catholic couple, holy matrimony. They're the donut squad. That's like what they call their. That's what they call their Syrophoenician fans. And so uh, this is holy as in donut hole, holy matrimony. Uh, TCCHM.fireside.com or .fm, sorry, .fm. Yeah, that's if you uh, want to see their downloads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, slash two. So your episode two, the literal version of a booty call, one hour and five minutes. We're going to be on there. They're going to interview us on December 13th. So we're oh, going to be on that show. You and the wifey? Yeah, me and the wifey. So, anywho, we're going to be on December 13th. Nice. <laughs> the and world is going to hear Shannon. Hey, everyone. I also have some news, 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 news. Blow my mind. Gomer, who's yeah. going to be at Seek? You mean Seek 2019? 2019. Name me two people who's going to be at Seek 2019. Name one person. Luke King Carey. Name the second person. I was going to say two persons, but I don't want you to name two people. Name the second person. Father Mike Schmitz. He sure is. Matt Fratt. Um, Leah Darrow. <laughs> Father John Neppel. Nope. Rejected. <laughs> Michael Gormley. I'm going to be there for two days. Dun, 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 dun. We haven't confirmed that with them, but we're. I already kind of brought it up in an email, and they haven't said no. <laughs> so we are going to be at Seek. It's going to be at Indi- in Indianapolis. But it's going to be January 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th. It's going to be an epic event. I can't wait. Uh, Seek is like an, uh, an an amazing beast unto itself. It's every other year, and we worked it out. So we are an influencer, and we are helping Woo! to promote Seek for young adults all over the place. So if you aren't going to go to Seek, 
now's the time to get ready to go because you get to hang out with us. And we're going to do a live podcast. Boom. Yeah, they actually have a podcast set, uh, area set up. So we're going to do a live podcast out there. Maybe we should get signs printed or something. Yeah. Something big and gregarious. <laughs> yeah, we sh- mm, we could, but that yeah. costs money. <laughs> oh, I guess we're not going to do that. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Got to spend yeah. money to make money, make right, money. Luke? We do. We do. Um, and then, so, yeah, so we're really pumped about that. I don't know if we can announce when we're doing a live podcast yet, uh, but I think they have a schedule. I'm very excited for when we're going to do it. So, yeah, guys, we're going to be at Seek. Come and hang out with us. I want to meet all of you. I want to receive all of you. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Just pour into me. And we're talking about a meetup after, like, an after-hours meetup, but we got to get that stuff okayed first. We sure do. So, yeah, so... We're gonna be there. Come and hang out with us. We're super pumped about it. I'm, I'm, I. Can I just tell you what I'm very excited about as well? Go for it. I'm excited to be able to just hang out with like you and hang out with Fred. You see Father Mike Schmitz. I'm excited to meet people. Like I think Jackie Francois is gonna be there. Yes, I haven't met her yet or her husband. I'm. Ho- I assume that I think that they're gonna be there. You haven't. You haven't met Bobby. Mm-mm. I mean, like that's we talked so. To it's so podcast. funny to me to think that you haven't met these people because i've been working with them you know like here and there all over the country mm-hmm. you know and it's weird that you aren't a steubenville speaker in my head like i just keep <laughs> assuming that you are so no i mean and like and there are people there that i you know i think Jean, uh sorry Jean, i've been drinking uh katie mcgrady's gonna be there i think i'm like super pumped to uh, hang out with her because she's freaking awesome um i'm pumped to see the catholic stuff guys because I haven't seen them since I was out in Colorado. Um, I'm just, I'm like really excited to hang out with these people. Now, wouldn't it be hilarious if they're all like, oh, no, Luke, get away. (laughs) Wait, you guys look like that? I know. (laughs) Uh, It is funny. I had one of our podcast listeners when we started the show, like six months into it, was like, I had to Facebook friend requests you because i had to know what you look like i could i couldn't take it anymore and i was like you never want to know what the podcaster looks like uh, never it's always a disappointment brad told me that cameron uh thought i looked like so, that i was gonna be some like skinny like emo guy <laughs> who who said that um mad frat i don't know why i keep calling him like frat like that's what people call him but that, that's what i'm gonna do i'm just, I'm just like, gonna call him brad um can i tell you who else i'm very pumped to see Sister Miriam James, I am so excited to oh, yeah. be hugged by her. I'm gonna be real honest. Like it's been a long five five months. Can you just hug me for a for a bit here? <laughs> oh, uh, she'll say so many affirming things to you in the first seven minutes. Yeah, I'll be like, oh my you. gosh, Luke. you will never be more affirmed. I'll be like, thank you, Anna. Uh, Anna Carter is gonna be there from Eden Invitation. Um, so excited to hang out with her. I don't know who Stephanie Gray is, but she seems cool. Uh, some guy named Trent Horn. No idea who who that guy is. Not excited. You know who Trent Horn is? Yeah, not a not a clue. He's uh, a Catholic Answers guy. He has a podcast called The Council of Trent. Oh, and well, he wrote a book that I really appreciate called uh, Hard Sayings in the Bible, and it kind of goes through like the really brutal and difficult things, mm-hmm. but it also goes through. Like, this is the reason, again, why I'm thankful that I'm Catholic. The stupid way certain things are phrased in the King James Version of the Bible, 
and the way that certain denominational practices, how they interpret those things. So, for instance, this pastor, who is now an ex-pastor and a deconstructed Christian, wrote a book criticizing the Bible, and it is and Trent throws in these things every so often because it is so asinine, some of the stuff he says. But like St. Paul tells Timothy to have a little bit of wine for his stomach problems, and it makes it sound like he's saying, like, wine will cure all disease. or something. It's something so funny and so stupid. But he throws those in there just to kind of get you out of, like, talking about the ban where God tells you to kill every man, woman, and child. <laughs> You're like, okay, I'm so scared. <laughs> How do I tell people about this? I zoned out about two minutes in, so <laughs> I'm, I'm totally just I'm, I'm just kidding. Hi, uh, that actually sounds interesting. My name is Michael Gormley. I'm friends with a guy named Luke who uh, uh, goes out of his way to humiliate me in front of six thousand of no. my closest friends. No. Thanks, Luke. Oh, please, Thanks, we're up, we're back up to ten thousand. We're fine. Um, and I'm not excited to see John John online decker. I see him all the time, but I am excited to hang out again with. Uh, with brandon vaught so no that book actually sounds cool so i want to read that uh, hey here this is the sound of luke backpedaling no it does ding, 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 ding. i'm just kidding beep, 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 beep. should we get a guest for when we do the thing at seek or should we just kind of like i do want to uh, talk to yeah father john. we should get father john nepple all right we'll do it let's make it awkward it'll be fine because i was gonna have him co-host if you weren't gonna be there he was like that sounds awesome if i can do it because he doesn't oh, know what, we go. what his schedule is yet. I haven't heard back yet, so I'm excited to hang out with Father. I'm, I'm hanging out with like Father Mike Sh- Mike Schmitz as well. He's a cool dude. I haven't seen him since Encounter. What if he's like, "I hate you, Luke. You suck." I'm like, "Oh no!" I mean, I die inside. This is where you respond and go. He loves you. No, no, I'm not going to say that. I don't want to put words in his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I make one joke. I make one joke, and everyone just loses their mind. Oh, I'm also excited at Seek, real quick, to hang out with, like, all the focused missionaries who listen to our show, especially my boy, Anthony, so who's a Patreon supporter and, and a good friend. Weird story time. I got a weird story for you. All right, go late at night it's about 12 30 i had just finished editing our podcast okay so it's friday uh thursday night friday morning whatever 12 30 in the morning and i hear this blood curdling woman scream hmm. and i and i know that there are some people having parties you know i guess maybe relatives are coming in a little bit early for thanksgiving we have the whole week off the kids do for school so I jump out of my chair. Everyone's asleep. I jump out of my chair. I open my back door pretty close to my office door. And I don't see any lights on. I don't hear anything. Then I hear some more noises. I realize it's coming from the front. So I shut the back door, lock it. All the lights are off in my house except in my office. Hmm. And I run over to my front windows and I open up the blinds and I look around. And one of my neighbors has two college or after or young adult women who are there. And I don't know if they're intoxicated. They're acting intoxicated. The blood-curdling scream happens again, and it's just two girls, like, laughing and being funny and silly. 
And then another girl pull uh, one girl pulls out her phone, turns on the video with the light, the flashlight on. And the other girl goes, one, two, three, go. And she runs as fast as she can to the middle of the street and then pulls down her pants and moons her friend. Pulls her pants up, runs back to her, laughing like a mad woman, and then everyone goes inside. It was the weirdest night ever. <laughs> like, excuse me, I didn't go to a real college, so I'm not, I don't understand what's happening here. Hi, I went to Franciscan. We do things called prayer circles. Um, this seemed like that, but evil. Could you fill me in? I don't really know how to process this. <laughs> Sometimes these things called households, they're like Catholic frats. We'd go into a big field and have a rumble. One time yeah. we made our twins fight our fight our like rival households twins. It was hilarious. <laughs> Actually it was. That was one of my favorite moments in household ever. Was it the Frank twins? Yeah, we made the Frank twins fight the Bloomfield twins. Anytime I hang out with like any like older brothers, we always talk about that because it was one of the greatest moments in college. It was so <laughs> funny. We made the twins fight each other. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, come and like find me now for that, Kathy Heck. <laughs> we did i did so many terrible things as an ra that were against the rules during that part my last semester as an ra no i shouldn't say against the rules but against the tyranny that i felt like was so unjustified in that school oh it drove me nuts like what the problem with franciscan is everything became immediately spiritual yeah yeah. Right. So, like, we had one dorm director who, your group of AMDG guys, when you went to Austria, I just told them, listen, this group of guys, they're coming back. They are, there are more of them coming back than there will be on campus that are on campus now. So, it's going to be a crazy thing. I said, and they're kind of the wilder guys. So, just, just, prepare, just prepare yourself. And I'll never forget the first day he's like, uh, I'll get quiet when you get quiet. And I was like, this is not going well. Like, they're not third graders. Like, don't do this. And then he goes, oh, I'm sorry. I thought real men, men of integrity, knew how to conduct themselves in front of ladies. Am I right? And I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, kiss God. my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and look at my ass. Look at my ass. I have my pants around my ankles, and I'm mooning you. I'm sorry, gonna go ladies. To, I'm going to go to Cross Creek and never drive back. <laughs> I'm still there right now, podcasting from one of the booths. Eating wings so cheap. I still, but you know what I mean? Like, things were like, like you did something wrong. You're not really living up to your call as a man. And I remember one time I just said to this, got old. this person. Yeah. I said to this person, I go, I'm 21 years old. I'm like the most mature 21-year-old I know. I'm going to do this. <laughs> I know, right? Like, we're going to do this silly, stupid, nonviolent, non-threatening goofiness because it's awesome. And I get to be a boy again. Damn it. I was homeschooled. Let me be a boy again. That Mom. Is, yeah, that it, it it did feel like everything got turned into just like you suck as a human being and you are like a failure. Like you remember like there's this one guy who was the uh RD over like Francis who would like scream at you like you were a drill in drill instructor or something and just like Screaming how you like lack discipline and blah blah blah, and I was just like, "Kiss my ass!" Of course I do. I'm 20. Let me be. 
Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, yeah. I got in. I've never got into a screaming match with anyone except for a guy who used to be in the Navy. (laughs) (laughs) You're a bunch of boys. That's what you are. You're a bunch of boys. And I was like, listen, what we did was immature, but it was hilarious. You have to give me that. I will not. I will not. (laughs) Immaturity is not funny. It is a tragedy. It is not a tragedy. It was hilarious that we gave a a guy a wedgie that we ripped (laughs) off his underwear. And yeah, yeah, his girlfriend saw it. That made it funnier, okay? The guy's not a nerd. No one hates this guy. We all like the guy. That's why we did it. (laughs) And sure, she may have dumped him, but come on. She, yeah. she can do better. Come on. It was his underwear that was all weird and stuff. That's why she dumped him. Don't come yelling at us. She's like, I don't want to be dating a guy with strawberry shortcakes underwear. That's just weird. <laughs> oh, no, I'm dating a brony. <laughs> he was like, no, it's very normal. Yeah. What are you talking about? You're talking about bronies aren't normal? Totes normal. <laughs> You're a broken man. Why are you yelling at 20-year-olds? Go away. <laughs> yeah. The more uh, I talk about it and more I process it, I hate that school. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, Kravaniak. We love you. Everyone should go there. Yeah. Everyone should go there. Our next sponsor, Franciscan University yeah. Alumni Services. <laughs> Isn't it weird how, like, you can, like, how, like, you can, like, love a thing so much. It, it it's it's it is like a person where like you can love a person so much and 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 see all of their brokenness like i can like i i think probably the people who are actually the most critical of steubenville are alumni but they're also the ones who will defend it to the death yeah it's so interesting Luke, the mood has been brought down this entire podcast. How am I supposed to edit this shit? I only have 24 hours. I know, and tomorrow's a holiday. Tomorrow's the holiday where I got to work the whole time. Oh, it's the worst. Do you want me to talk about how I feel dead inside at times because we don't have kids yet? I can do that. Oh, shit, man. (laughs) That's true. Yep, that's been horrible. Really? Do you really? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just sucks, man. Like, I mean, like, I, I like, I know it's gonna happen. It just, you know, like, especially after like, like the first baby, like the first oh, miscarriage, like the baby would be two now, like, like a little bit over two, and so you just start. Oh yeah. Like, oh, like and then the other one would be one or so, and. Uh, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, sorry, yeah. not the. <laughs> um. It just it's just starting to like wear on me a little bit. We're just getting yeah. older now and I'm like, oh am, am I gonna be the weird old dad? Luke, you're gonna be the cool old dad. <laughs> be the, I mean, I know it's I, I know we're kinda still in the like okay spot, but it's just still like I don't know. If I'm being a, I mean this is probably just the booze that's starting to bring this about through. But it definitely like it hurts, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we never really talk about this. When Father's Day comes up, you know, you kind of call us fathers in our little four-person text group from college. And, and I think almost every year, either Adam, Luke, or Adam, uh, John, or I will say, well, you're a father too. And it is hard, but we don't ever really talk about this outside of that. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's it's one of those things where like like at times it makes me like it's very overwhelming, and at times it's just like yeah. It's, I I think I know I've brought this up before on the podcast. At least I think we're like one of the hardest things, and this is like horribly selfish. Was when Aaron was pregnant, I just felt such a sense of purpose and mission, like I really hadn't ever before uh, in my life, and having that like stripped away was just like I don't know, I don't, I don't, I've, I've just, I have never really experienced that. Would you say that it's tied to this like next step kind of phase? Like most of your friends are either priests or married, and with kids. Mm-hmm. Would you say that so. maybe, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I do. I think there's a piece of me that just, and this is probably like I need to do a better job of, sorry, of examining my own life and like how I live my life. But I feel very selfish. Um, part of that is just because I can be. You know, so if I want to, I was to do a podcast while I do the dishes. I can do that because Aaron will be doing another thing and there are kids trying to get my attention, you know? So like we were hanging out with like friends uh, about two weeks ago or, or so, and they were talking about how they don't know any of like the big movies that are out just because they all have kids and they don't have time to go like see movies. And I'm like, Oh, we know all of them and we've seen them all. You know, like we like we had time to watch. I mean, like granted, like you did it because of the podcast as well. But like, we watched all the Marvel movies, like up until like Infinity War, and just things that like we have. I, I, I'm I'm starting to see the things that I have time to do that my other friends don't, and I know why because they have kids and I and I don't, and it just gets a little bit like, ugh, you know. So then I feel bad because I I, I just there I guess. Sometimes I feel like I use my time as if I were just like the like. There are times when I feel like I use my time as an adult, in the way that like teenage Luke would think is awesome. But I'm like, would you really think that? If you're really being honest, that like at 35 you'd be almost into a podcast about like Marvel movies. Would you think that's awesome? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like and and first yeah. like you know like high school would go. You don't like comic books. But then, um, <laughs> and I know, like, part of that is just, like, it's just a culture. And, you know, and, and there's, and there's it's like. It's the zeitgeist, 16-year-old Luke. It's the zeitgeist. It's not weird. We're going to get real into Iron Man. I know, right? Um, <laughs> you know, but there's just this element, too, of, of just, like, uh, I don't. Because I'm, I, 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 this is probably an opportunity for grace and to grow up. But there is a part of me that just does so well with external pressure. And if I don't have that, it's easy yeah. for me to get a little bit like you know, like lazy or just uh, take a little bit of like a, whatever, you know, like attitude. So I can't, you know, and so, but I mean, like we definitely like want to have kids. We're trying to like it'll, I, I know it'll happen and we're, I'm working on stuff. So don't like everyone, we know all the doctors and all everything like we're. Don't feel like you have to tell me about this thing you've heard about out in Kansas, but I've heard about all of them out in Kansas. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, I just don't, don't yes, want to get. Like, I know who Doctor Hildreth is. Yeah, like you know, and we're like, and we're, and there are things that are, you know, and there's. Sorry, so yeah, yeah. it just I, just, I don't know. I just feel like sharing that because it's just been on my heart. I can't like, 
I feel like we haven't had a good, like, like I haven't had an opportunity to really like share what's. I don't know. What am I trying to say? I feel like we haven't had a good episode where I can just say like, "Hey, here's some crap that I'm going through." And if I'm being honest, yeah. I haven't talked about this because it's just such like a personal thing. I'm like, "Well, what if Aaron hears yeah. this?" And, and I've brought this up to her. It's just, um, yeah, it's tough, man. It's really. When really was tough. the last time you and her talked about it? Um. Um, it's probably been a couple of weeks, like, like yeah. six weeks or so where we've really sat down and been, you know, I've been like, okay, so like, what's the plan? Like, like, what are we doing? And, um, so, you know, it's just, uh, what's the plan? What are we doing? Avengers four? What are your thoughts? Yeah. What's the meaning of life? You know, just not, and it's just like, it's, just, you know, cause I was like in a meeting last, last week where it was brought up, like really like we're all called to like love like what's like one of the most ultimate like kind of love like is really when you are like a parent and that's yeah. just, you know us and we were talking about like like lady so i know that we were talking about that group like not priest or um, nuns or anything like that so and it was just uh it was like oh, it just like pulled on my heart because i'm like is this like like am i hurting myself am i hurting aaron or like whatever is this is this the way that things should be right now you know but it just also is kind of the way things are so i can't change the fact that we've you know had two miscarriages yeah you know and there's nothing um yeah you know it's not that there's nothing you can do you're doing the things so yeah yeah yes don't yeah. email about yeah, hey, I have this pro tip. If you just do this one thing, yeah, don't tell us. Don't tell us to like have Aaron like stand on top of her head after like we've had sex. We've heard that. That's what my grandma said. <laughs> <laughs> Not kidding. <laughs> Luke does that enough for the both of them. Seriously, yeah. So it just, um, yeah, man. It's so. In your conversations with your wife about this, right? And you're mm-hmm. not you're not a closed guy. This is what's great about you is you your wife does not have to wonder what's going on <laughs> in your <laughs> yeah, life i know right <laughs> in your heart you are an open book and that's good good it's hard to be for a lot of men but are you having the conversation about adoption and fostering and stuff like that or would you just prefer not that not to be a part of the conversation no we have danced around it because i've always brought up how i would like to adopt um I mean, I've even, gosh, back in high school or in college, I thought about adopting a child with special <laughs> needs. I just like... imagine you in high school adopting. No, yeah. Hi, right. uh, my name is Luke. I am on the football team, so maybe you, well, I'm going to quit the football team because I'm becoming a Christian, but you probably want me to adopt a couple of kids. Because I'm going to get real into Christian rock here pretty soon. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to take my baby to the Cornerstone Music Festival. That's yeah. important. Uh, the baby's going to really understand the difference between postmodern hardcore rap core and this whole screaming emo thing that that's about to start. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be really cool. Um, All I can say is you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, no, we've talked about we, we haven't done anything really concrete yet there's still some other things that we that we want to um not, i mean so anyways long story short 
the um it's always been kind of an idea that we have talked that we have talked about i'm very very open to it i would like to uh i i would really i'd love to adopt a baby from china for a lot of different reasons um i have two cousins from there i after being in the dorms and stuff just hearing like you know like how those babies are adopted and like why they are adopted it's uh just i don't know it, i would i it's just it's also very expensive and again everyone i know i know all the agencies i know all the things that are free and, and the ones that aren't no need to don't you don't have to recommend anything i get it get your kazakh baby today yeah uh so and, and i mean like and like we have you know we, we've talked we've, we've kind of agreed if we were to adopt what's the route we would do right now and then perhaps down the road and stuff so yeah so there's definitely the possibility of that and in term in terms of like fostering i don't know if we're really there quite yet just with our it i mean perhaps we should be more it's just it's, it's kind of tough too because we both work we both have pretty intense jobs right so there is this element of like if we were to foster i'm not opposed to it it would just take a pretty radical change in life which is what happens when you have a kid obviously so the, that might not be it's that's that's been on my mind I just imagine you filling out the application and it would say occupation. Uh, sir, excuse me. Can you elaborate a little bit on this? It says F yeah. Podcaster. <laughs> like, Oh, and then you say patron.com slash CF. I don't understand this. It's just, yeah. When you say, when you say chief source of revenue, you just wrote down a website. <laughs> Yeah, man. She wrote down that sweet, sweet stamps.com money. I'm not sure what you mean by this. You wrote down <laughs> curo.healthcare. <laughs> my health. My what was Catholic the website for that? Mycatholichealthcare.org. <laughs> Sir, on the occupation part, you wrote, I reject this notion as you see, looking at the writing of Joseph Ratzinger, the answer to man's problem and every age is holiness, not management. Um, could you elaborate on that? <laughs> oh, the old holiness, not management. And then when she'd be like, yeah, but what do you, what do you do for a living? You're like, whoa, I didn't realize I was surrounded by Pelagian heretics. Okay. What do you do to earn your salvation? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say earn your salvation, sir. Yeah, but it's kind of implied. I don't know. What is the point of having a job in ministry? Is this even good? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are so many things, Luke. There are so many things. Oh, my gosh. I just think we should spend the rest of this show. Luke's adoption agency application. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Sir, when we asked you to list uh, any problems that might arise, um, you wrote down McCarrick 47 <laughs> times. In what various does this fonts. Mean? Uh, no, very <laughs> accurate fonts, but various fonts. <laughs> Sir, when you, when you said what is your biggest fear, you wrote down about every half hour while I'm at work, I questioned the entire structure of where I work. Can you just talk about that for a bit? Sir, it sounds like you're in the middle of an existential abyss. Do you think you should be really adopting right now? 
<laughs> it's only those who have seen the abyss that should dare raise a child. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Okay, sir. When we had our area for further comments. You wrote down. I stared into the abyss that is bureaucracy, and it blinked first. Uh, could you unpack that a little bit? <laughs> are you or are you not, in fact, the Batman? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, um, you wrote down here, I'm clearly underpaid by about $25,000 on every single part of this. This is just a biological history. It's nothing about your like, work. <laughs> Did you um, <laughs> Talk about that for for a bit, or sir. When it asked for relevant medical history, you wrote episode forty-seven, stroke of genius. You get it. <laughs> uh, I don't understand. Did you have a stroke? What is episode? Did some television episode send you into a stroke? <laughs> no, sir. I uh, talked about it uh, on episode forty-seven of Catching Foxes. My stroke of genius. It it was a brilliant episode, sir. When we asked for your for like your name, we need your like actual name. Not, you know who I am. Not the Luke V. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Every Catholic thing that, like, we get added to now and they say, inter- like, introduce yourself. I just go, you know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <sighs> oh, Luke. Well, there, there, is, there is healing and joy and in 12% alcohol. And flippancy. I don't want to be rude or anything, but does it help if I told you that about once a day I regret being a dad? <laughs> oh, no, that helps. <laughs> that helps tremendously. Take that, kids. <laughs> uh, no, there are there are times when, like, I'll be passed out on your couch for who knows why. And your kids Could be are like. you were drinking until 4.30 in the morning, and it's now 7.30. Yeah. Hmm. And your kids are like, give me your phone give me your phone i'm like whatever kids just just take it and then like you go give lucas phone back and i'm like gomer just let it go they were leaving me be (laughs) this is the first time they haven't been all mr luke show me love (laughs) i still think the best thing is like when you would i mean like i'm gonna just i'm just going to include myself because it was the both of us shannon had been watching them all week and she was like, I'm done. You guys can have them. And she goes upstairs and we just fall asleep and turn on cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what am I supposed to do? The real babysitter showed up, the television. <laughs> like, we have been drinking so much this weekend. How dare you? How dare you not give me at least a two day recoup time? <laughs> I'm going to go back to the hotel. <laughs> People wanted to talk to us, at least three of them. <laughs> at least three out of the 20 sure father mike schmitz had a line 50 people deep after he stopped to tie his shoe but we had like two people come up to us and say my boyfriend loves you you know how tiring that can be being there for those people <laughs> and no we didn't print off stickers to give them away for free we don't <laughs> think that way it's not about us i mean it is Listen, Shannon, I get it. You had four kids for two days, but we had to stand by a blank table with a black tablecloth for two hours while random people said hi. That's exhausting. Some of them weren't even Catching Fox's listeners. They were just like, who are you and why are you here? Is this where I get a ticket? Hey, is this where I stand in line to talk to Father Mike Schmitz? No. (laughs) Okay, yeah. 
Father Mike. Who does he think he isn't? It was so funny. It was so funny. The poor guy just like stopped the tie and shoe or something. And he has a line 30 people deep. We're just standing there at a table with no one. Yeah, who's the poor guy there? <laughs> I'm, according to the Beatitudes, I'm the blessed one in this situation. <laughs> one day you'll be weeping, Father, gnashing your teeth. We, one day, well, we'll be sitting pretty. We'll be comforted because right now we're mourning. <laughs> oh, man. He's such a nice man. He, like, just, I, I saw, I just so impressed by how he just, like, like, he just talks to everyone like they are people. It's so refreshing. Because they're not. True. They're all disgusting human beings. But, no. It's not true at all. We We're all f- just meat, meat sacks in a laboratory. <laughs> what if it, like, what if this is just all, like, a huge, like, a, like, what if this is, like, is the Matrix practically? And it's just, like, a simulation. I'm fine with it. I get worried about that stuff. I like, never worry about that stuff. Because if that stuff's real, you'll never know. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, I, I want to learn more about quantum mechanics and whatnot and how it's all fake. Well, then, let's have Father Robert Spitzer back on the show. I mean, sure. <laughs> it was so fascinating. He is incredible. And I'm so sad that so many of our patrons said they just couldn't talk. No, but, listen. but we'll put it on the B-side, though, and, and when we... It already release, is on the B-side. Yeah, but I mean, like, we're going to, like, remember how, how, like, at some point in time we said, like, we will release all, all like, of the B-sides? Oh, yeah. So it'll be out there. Yeah. Luke, do you feel like our podcast is total shit? No, no it's, it's fine. It's a Friday seven. after Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, man. People are going to be traveling. They're going to want the foxes. They're going to need the foxes. Um. Fine. All right, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna, I gotta go. I gotta finish. We gotta stop talking. <laughs> yeah, like Luke, just let me go, sir. I don't know you. Who are you? Why are you doing this? Hey, man. I'll see you at Seek. All right. Pant- see you at Seek. Pants optional. Dance optional. You can find me at Lay Evangelist. You can find Luke at the Luke V. You can find us all on Patreon.com/slash/CF, where we post ongoing content. Some of it's free. Some of it's for our patrons. All good stuff. You can be a patron, too, if you donate $2 or more to patreon.com slash CF. Everyone who is cool hangs out there. You get to hear first fan Sugar Garcia say things like, this is something you've been waiting for your whole life. I love her voice so much. She's hilarious. We're Facebook friends, and now Facebook has finally given me the go-ahead to let me see her posts, and she is hilarious. Anywho. So we got a lot of good stuff going on. Right now we have patron 222. The last person to become a patron became number 222. Isn't that cool? It's insane. You guys are amazing. Two, Thank you. 222. I don't get it. Give us money. Regina. <laughs> Regina. Listen, I'm talking to you, Regina. Your your message to us was hilarious that you're no longer giving it to our alma mater because you're frustrated at a certain woman who works there. <laughs> I love you, and I appreciate you. May God bless you and keep you, because his face to shine upon you and grant you his peace. Oh, and let's talk about Gina. Gina donating $100. Oh, Gina. Wow. Gina. Wow. Holy moly. Gina. Wow. That is impressive. And then, I, I, don't know, I don't know why you did it. I don't know where you're coming from, but I'm going to call you. We're going to have a conversation. 
We're going to put you on, on Skype so I can see your face. Maybe I'll fly out to wherever you live and we'll arm wrestle or do whatever the heck it is <laughs> that made you love our show that much. Yeah. So thank you. thank you. And lastly, to Sarah Lewandowski. I love Sarah Lewandowski. She's awesome. She upped her pledge. And she's oh, now one of our there. $30 donors. Oh, wow. So she has access to Luke's first chapter of his upcoming book, which he's going to have written by Christmas. <laughs> no pressure at all. I'm only having to travel three times for work. Oh, my name's Luke. I'm going to travel three times for work when I'll be in a hotel room all by myself. Shh, quiet, you. <laughs> That's why we love Luke. Isn't that right? All right, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. And, uh, Luke, I will see you on Sunday when we interview. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You better clear that schedule out because I think talking about I Kiss Dating Goodbye and how evangelical purity culture infected the Catholic Church is going to be fascinating. I'm very excited about that. I could not be more excited. So, all right, guys. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. All right. Stopping in three, two, fun. Hit the wrong thing.